News, politics, and special guests with a Texas twist. That's the goal of the Luke Macias Show. Our nation and state are at a crossroads, and if you're not informed, you're not equipped to make the change that our community needs. Join the conversation and join the cause for liberty today. Welcome to episode uh, 53 of the Luke Messiah Show. Uh, we are bringing a story to you today of something that's going down in Austin. I haven't talked a whole lot about the Austin homeless crisis, but it's been going on throughout the latter half of 2019, and we're now in 2020, and um, it's getting discussed. Uh, an, a recent development was um, something that was brought to light regarding the personal recognizant bond program that Austin implemented in 2017. And if that sounds complex and complicated, it kind of is. But honestly, it only took us about 15 minutes sitting down with Brad Johnson, a reporter at the Texan, to really break this story down and bring it to you. I think it is... Um, applicable because this is a huge issue going on in a city that is the furthest left city in Texas. And um, some of the leftist policies that are being implemented are now kind of coming to light, uh, spurned on by the homeless policy in 2019, which has created a major problem. And um, and then some of these other reforms that the city implemented over the last couple of years are now having consequences to them. So the governor has come out on this and some other Republicans have opposed the city's policies on this. Um, and so we just kind of bring that to light and talk about it. Uh, I think you'll really enjoy the conversation. It's about an 18 minute conversation. And then we're going to go from there to my birthday message because, I mean, it's Monday. It's now the 20. 20- Seventh, I think, but um, my birthday was on the 22nd, January 22nd, and so I sent a message out. Some of you might have seen it, but for those of you who didn't, you will get that message after the conversation with Brad. Thank you so much for staying plugged in and continuing to allow us to give you information that we feel like is relevant for the future of Texas. Thanks, guys. 30 years ago today, I was born, which is somewhat of a big deal for most people in their life. Uh, I've done these birthday videos off and on for the last several years, so a lot of you know that I also share a birthday with Roe versus Wade. It happened 17 years before me in an absolute tragedy regarding the value of human life and the way our nation treats it. But something you might not know is that the day I was born was six weeks before my due date, and I was weighing less than five pounds and I came out into this earth on my dad's 30th birthday. So today, I just woke up. I'm not a big birthday guy. I don't do big parties every year. Um, but I woke up with a sense of significance because my dad was 30 years old the day I was born, which means that he's turning 60 today. It, it almost seems like some type of like time-space continuum in some way. For most people, their birthdays are significant events in their life. It's a time that you can be somewhat happy to be alive, right? One of my friends texted me, uh, congratulations on living another year. You know, um, and thank you to so many of you who've already reached out with texts and uh, Facebook comments and messages and things like that. And I will try to respond to each of you personally, but I'm kind of in a unique position because I get to also really appreciate my dad on the day that I realize that I'm really grateful 
for all that the Lord has let me accomplish for the last 30 years. Fatherhood is a big deal. Um, Most of you probably know the statistics, but if you grow up in a fatherless home, you're twice as likely to kill yourself. The vast majority of mass shooters, even the recent one in L.A., had a major absent father and actually had his father pass away. Um, And that's when his life started spiraling to the point to where he decided to go take out the lives of his fellow students and his own. But I'm really grateful for my dad. Not only that I get to share a birthday with him, that he gets to turn 60 and I get to turn 30, but I think there's some unique advantages that come with having uh, a father in your home, especially a good father. Now, if you don't, real quick, uh, the good news is that our Heavenly Father makes it really clear that He wants to fill the gap, and He wants to provide where our natural environment is not providing. So you need to know that before I go into this. But I think there are kind of two specific unique advantages that I got to really see when I thought about it this morning when I woke up at 6 o'clock in the morning. One is that um, strong fathers produce strong men. Now, I don't mean this in like the macho, domineering, in charge kind of strong man. Uh, The thing that I got from my dad more than anything else was his willingness to say, I'm sorry. Um, And that's not something people often associate with strength. But my dad uh, had a sense of humility. He wasn't perfect, but when he made a mistake, He asked for forgiveness, and that constant example that I got to witness is actually probably something I needed more than seeing somebody who was a big, macho, commandeering man. So strong men produce strong men. Servant leaders produce servants, and my dad has a heart to serve. He has a heart to engage. He has a heart to give back. He has a heart to build up and Being raised in that environment is one of the things that gives me a daily desire and call and mission to speak on things that matter, to engage and empower people who are trying to do the right thing, to be a voice for people who don't have a voice for themselves. The second unique window that you get when you have a strong relationship with your earthly father is that it is a relationship window into our relationship with our Heavenly Father. You know, marriage and the relationship that you have to your father are two specific relationships that give us a real unique window into how our God and Creator relates with us. These are two really unique advantages that I get to really think on and consider today because I'm turning 30. People say that's a big deal. Um but it's also something I get to celebrate with my dad. Having fathers in our nation is a really important thing. You know, we have a major problem of children who are growing up in fatherless homes. They always say that you're more likely to grow up with a TV in your room than an active father in your house. I also thought about it specifically today, even considering the fact that my own son, my first son came into this world when I was 29, just a couple months ago. 
and the fact that I'm celebrating his first year of life on this same year. But if you're a father or will be a father at some point, you need to know that your job and role is incredibly imperative when it comes to the success of society as a whole, when it comes to the strength of your children. So today, I just want us to take a second to think about that, to consider it. It's something I'm really grateful for. And I'm grateful for being alive, but I'm also grateful that 30 years ago I was born on my dad's 30th birthday. I love you, Dad. Happy birthday. Today I'm joined by Brad Johnson making his second debut, which I think makes you the most frequented guest on the Luke Messiah show. I am flattered. It's a big deal. I mean, there will be, your name will be known across the Lone Star (laughs) State, Brad. Um, So I asked you to come in for a second time because you wrote an incredibly interesting piece uh, and a new development in what has become kind of a homeless saga in um, Austin, Texas. So please tell our listeners just a little bit about um, your article. Well, the big story about it is that it's not a new development. Mm -hmm. This has been going on for a few years now. Um, So I got a tip. Uh, a few months back, mm-hmm. started looking into it. Um, it took a the reason it just came out was because it took a while to get all the documents I needed from Austin. They fought me on the FOIA, uh, which was unsurprising. Um, and so, essentially, the story is that in 2017, the city council passed a directive, and they did it through ordin- and one ordinance and two resolutions. Okay. Um, it had a bunch of you know mumbo jumbo typical. You know, we want we want to be able to treat um, all defendants fair and, and with respect, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. And it was a directive to the municipal court. Yep. Um, but within it, it um, established this priority that city council wanted uh, the municipal court judges to take up when they're considering bonds. Um, now, bonds are what you think of as, you know, letting s- someone out of jail when after they're accused of a crime yep. waiting to be adjudicated. Um, typically, judges do not give um, – judges give higher uh, cash bonds to people who are either a threat to the safety of whoever the um, alleged victim was mm-hmm. or um, flight risks um, or based on the severity of the crime. So, like, they're much less likely to give someone a low bond if they commit murder yes. or if they're accused of committing murder. Yes. Um, but what this is talking about was um, stressing the use of PR bonds, now personal recognizance bonds. Essentially, you can get out um, without any collateral leverage for the court, get out of jail until your court date. Um, so basically you're let out scot-free um, until that point where you're expected to show up. Now, if you don't show up, almost all the time, um, except for it's unless it's like a very, very low-level offense, you know, like a, a drunken public kind mm-hmm. of thing. Um, they issue warrants for their arrest. So none of that changed, except in terms of um, prioritizing PR bonds given for people that are deemed indigent. Um, and they, they laid out the definition of indigent, included things like uh, having an income less than 200% above the federal poverty level, um, or sorry, 200% of the federal poverty level uh, or less. Um, people are deemed indigent, um, you know, kids, if they're still in school. I just want to understand the 200%. Is that above the poverty level or below the poverty level? What is that considered? So basically, whatever the federal poverty level is, double it. Okay. 
and that's, then okay, that's people, how I heard it. I just wanted yeah, to make sure that that was correct. Yeah, people under that, everyone making under that, okay, would be would qualify indigent. for this. Got it. Um, but another aspect of it was someone who's homeless, and they put this as uh, I believe it was the last uh, qualifier in the thing, but it has impacted um, this whole Austin homeless situation, mm. and it has been doing it for years. Uh, it's not something many people know about. Mm. Um, and so they passed this directive. And then shortly after that, they were um, set to renew judges, municipal judges. And they overhauled the system for doing it. They they, um, pa- they established this judicial committee that was not in, a, in effect before this. Mm-hmm. And um, city council has always appointed the municipal judges, but they kind of changed how city council itself does it. And that committee, they um, they appointed this uh, board, and it was they called it a, a panel. I forget the technical name, but it was a panel of various stakeholders, included you know defense lawyers, um, police. Um, uh, I, I don't know. I don't think any judicial representatives or mm-hmm. that kind of organization was yep. part of it, uh, but also uh, um, just lawyers in general. Yep. And so they, this group met, and they uh, they studied decisions and analyzed the quality of the municipal judges, and all of that. They, they rated um, everyone um, everyone excellent mm-hmm. out of whatever scale it was that they were using. Yep, uh, poor to excellent, whatever it may be. All the judges that were up for renewal were rated excellent, hmm. and so they um, they issued this new. Uh, practice to yep. r- for the judges to write personal assessment essays. Mm-hmm. Most of the judges, or the purpose of the essays were to, um, let me find the direct quote, because this was from the, uh, the chief of staff of um, Councilman Jimmy Flanagan, mm-hmm. who headed up the Judicial Committee. And it read, the city council recently passed resolution, blah, 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 the resolution in question, um, outlining their goals and objectives for the municipal court. Please describe how you see your role as a municipal judge in implementing these goals. So that was the prompt that they were Got it. Uh, given. Uh, all the judges wrote essays. We, we um, uh, got a hold of all of them. Okay. And there's one particular one that stuck out. And I actually spoke to this guy. His name's Witcher McCullough former municipal court judge. He was mm. not renewed. Hmm. But before that happened, before that decision happened, he raised question in his essay about the ethical propriety of this request. Hmm. And he cited a couple uh, different canons. Um, and ac- frankly, I, I went through myself through the judicial canon and looked at it, and these stuck out too. One of them is judges... Uh, are supposed to refrain from making public comment on how they're going to ru- rule on a an impending yep. um, hypothetical case. Yes, they, they may that may come yep. before them. Um, these essays are public record, and I, I mean I don't know if the city council knew that beforehand. Mm-hmm. I mean they should have. You can FOIA anything yep. these days. Public information request. Um, so that right there is an issue. Um, the second one is similar but not related to public comment. Just simply that. Judges are not supposed to say how they're going to rule on a particular mm. case that yep. may come before them. Yeah. Um, and so he raised these questions, and he um, he said that he wasn't really given uh, due process. Now it's not a it's not a 
criminal proceedings, so Correct. I don't think it's required yep. Yep. Um, by law, but, you know, it's courtesy, right? Yep. Um, he, he and the other judges who ended up not being renewed were not allowed to defend themselves in front of this panel that was mm-hmm. making the recommendation. Um, and so he was upset about that, told me about um, why he put the, these concerns in there, mm-hmm. um, because he didn't want to open himself up to uh, ethical possible mm-hmm. ethical violation yep. from the uh, Texas Ethical Judicial Committee, yep. um, whatever that's called, and they make they investigate these things. First, you have to uh, file a complaint. They investigate it, see if there's any validity, then make a ruling. Then they can reprimand the yep. judge. So, so, tell us about the particular case that this story that you wrote circled around. So that kind of builds up, yeah. the the problem that was when they implemented right. these PR bonds, right? Basically, saying we want to make it easier for individuals who can't afford, right. you know, the consequences right. of their action to be released yeah. and then come back. Can I build up into that real yeah, quick? Yeah. So yeah. the the justification said back then was that they gave this hypothetical situation of you know a woman. Actually, I don't think it was hypothetical. There was some woman who this happened to. Okay. Um, she was in on a, a reckless driving or something like that. Mm-hmm. Very minor offense. Yep. Um, and she sat in jail for two or three days. Okay. That's what they said this was supposed to apply to. We don't want these people, um, if you're even set like a $2,000 bond, these people that are indigent can't afford that. Yep. And so they're in jail unnecessarily for a crime that, um, you know, they shouldn't be in there for. And that's fine. But that's not all this is applying to. And it's extending to cases far more serious. For example, we we, um, got a hold of various records of people that had committed crimes such as sexual assault against child. That one stuck out to me big time, hmm. let out on PR bond, huh. and then also violated that bond hmm. by committing another crime. Um, and then, you know, trafficking huge amounts of drugs. And so that all leads up to what I use to... So the point of the PR bond is, is you know, hypothetically, this is a way to let a single mother who's got a job, right. and if you keep her in jail for a couple of days, she's going right. to lose her job. Exactly. Now she's going out. And this is a problem we have, right? Because right. now you have this person. Well, now our goal was not to basically make you incapable of feeding your family. Right. And so for those situations, judges can it, it, you know, use their discretion to say, hey, mm-hmm. you're going to be allowed out. You're not going to pay a penalty for that. Mm-hmm. You have to come back at this time, mm-hmm. go home, and, and be right. fine. But if it's extending into these cases where, no, these are actually people we'd like to keep in jail. Yeah, right. We're not sure they're the type of people that are really going to respect the rule of law Mm -hmm. and can even come back. Mm -hmm. Uh, That becomes a bigger problem. Exactly, exactly. And so that all builds up to um, what happened earlier this year in 2020, just a couple days after the new year. Dylan Woodburn, the guy who, um, excuse me, the guy who uh, stabbed three people out of Mm -hmm. Freebirds. And killed one, mm. and then climbed up on the roof, jumped off, ended up dying. Clearly, um, a mentally yep. insane person. Yep. Um, if you know, drugs probably played a role in it too. Yep. Um, and so, he, this was a massive, massive story. Nation, it actually was nationwide. Mm-hmm. Sure enough, about ten days later, it comes out that uh, this was originally reported by Texas Jail Watch. He was released on PR bond for mm. another offense. Hmm. that he had been um, accused of. And he uh, was released on December 13th. So literally three weeks to the day Mm. that he ended up killing this man Hmm. and stabbing two others. Hmm. And so this has been happening for three years and everyone, they saw this and, and, you know, everyone 
relayed this Woodburn situation because he was homeless mm-hmm. back to the ordinance uh, that was the passed, homeless ordinance, homeless yeah. ordinance that everyone knows about. Yes. Um, but really, it's traced back to 2017, 2017 when they the other implemented ordinance. the PR yep. bond policy. Yep. Now, the homeless, uh, give give our listeners just a very quick kind mm. of overview, because I think for anybody who lives in the Austin area, they see this issue being talked about more. Um, but for listeners in various parts of the state, I mean, they're probably not as in tune with right. the homeless crisis that is essentially yes. going on in right. Austin. So why don't you just give us a very quick overview of what that is? Yeah, so in June, the council passed an ordinance that went, effect, went in effect on July 1st um, to decriminalize, um, actually just permit, frankly, because I don't think decriminalize is the word used, but permit camping and lying on any public property minus a couple of places, including City Hall. That was not allowed, still not allowed. <laughs> Uh, but so we, what happened was you saw people come out of the the, the woods, which is what the council's um, intentions were. They yeah. wanted they wanted these people to not be hidden anymore. Um, but it caused a lot of issues. Like you have, I mean, if you walk down on Congress Avenue, you saw people uh, literally sleeping. Yeah. Um, sometimes you know private parts are exposed. Uh, mm-hmm. I remember that happened to me once. Um, other things happening. Yeah. Conflicts coming. Yeah. Um, I wrote a story. You know. Uh, I think it was in the summer, on businesses that had been affected. And one of those Mm. was Royal Blue Grocery, um, who was seriously considering, I don't think they ever actually did it, but closing at at sunset because their workers did not feel safe Mm. and there had been some instances. Another example was 7-Eleven on Congress. There was a point where they were calling 911 over 20 times in a single day. Mm. And so clearly this ordinance had directly resulted in a, a lot of problems. Yes. And it gained a huge backlash. Oh, I hate that using that word. I'm so overused. But um, uh, people were not happy with it. Yeah. And so uh, they they eventually rescinded parts of the rescission of the original uh, camping ordinance. And so it's still partially in effect, but they limited it in such a way that um, you can't be within 15 feet of a, uh, a business a door for a business, and so that eliminates much of sidewalks that they mm-hmm. were that people were just popping up on. And yes, that kind of thing. yeah, putting a tent right in front right. of the opening of a Seven Eleven. This is right. public property. I'm allowed to be here. Yep. you know, I'm yep. taking a bath. Yep, and so that's that's pretty much where that is now. Um, now we've also seen the governor directing uh, TxDOT yep. to clean up the underpasses. So I believe it's like once a week mm-hmm. they kind of kick everyone out. Um, they don't say you can't come back because they do the next day, but they clean everything up. And when they did it the first day, I believe that was in November. Yep. Um, they, th- I mean, the amount of trash that it just piled yeah. up was yeah. insane. I mean, think about you and me every day, how much trash we, we go through. Yeah. Only instead it's not confined to a person's house. It's all over yeah, it's public property. All under anywhere. an underpass. Yes. So, so this is there's been some tension between the governor's office yes, and the city yes. regarding the homeless And even policy. recently, um, this Dylan Woodburn incident caused, or um, Greg Abbott after that, decided to step up DPS patrols downtown hmm. and by UT. Mm-hmm. And so... Basically implying that the city doesn't know how to keep their own citizens right. safe. Right. So the state's going to have to... Not just implying up. it, he's been outright yeah. saying it. Yeah. Well, and I think the reality that, you know the city's releasing people into public and then telling them that they are not essentially kept from or regulated in any way. And then those people are going around and I'm not, it's not hyperbolic to say they're killing people, you know, now. Right. I mean, so it's the worst of the worst. It's kind of come full circle right. regarding our policies. But to your point, 
one of the things I think you brought light to is the fact that this this probably is an even bigger story because of all the controversy around the homeless mm-hmm. situation, but actually the policy that allowed Mr. Woodburn to go out and to be put in this situation mm-hmm. was actually a policy passed in 2017 yep. regarding yep. personal recognizance bonds. And to your other point, what you're telling us is that it looks like these PR bonds are not being used to simply help a single mother who really is not in a situation to be held into jail mm-hmm. while she's got her kids and now they're going into CPS custody or somebody else is yeah. taking them over. Like, let's not go there. Let's let this person out. Right. They're being used and the judges that are there are using their discretion to use PR bonds for a myriad of even potentially violent crimes. Mm-hmm. If you're talking about sexual assault mm-hmm. um, of somebody and I guess that makes sense since it seems like the city of Austin actually kicked out anybody who they didn't think was all on board the PR bond train. Exactly. Right? So, exactly. I mean, it might have been different if they had kept the municipal judges that mm-hmm. had discretion. I'm sure those people were not wholeheartedly against ever using a PR bond. Right. But they had concerns around it. And if you only fill it with people who are just believing that essentially we shouldn't keep people in jail, mm-hmm. it seems like, then you're going to have potentially dangerous criminals yes. out on the streets. Yes. And, uh, McCullough, who's the judge who I spoke to, and he said that there was a case. This has been building for a while. Mm-hmm. The, the Defense uh, Attorneys Association, um, I forget the, the name, but whatever that's called, um, representatives of that got upset at him quite a bit because mm. he was not issuing as many PR bonds as they would like, mm. including one instance. He said he did not let a guy um, charged with uh, some sort of pedophilia-related charge, mm-hmm. did not let him out of jail. And a few people that were part of the the defense lawyers mm-hmm. um, association, they put up a stink about it. Mm-hmm. They said it was unfair, and um, he stood his ground on it. McCullough did, and he was not someone that was opposed to using PR bonds. He told me another story about a guy who, um, similar to the the single mom kind mm-hmm. of situation, the guy was in for something minor, um, and. He was not a flight risk, mm-hmm. but he was. If he had was put in jail to wait for his court date, he would miss a job shift, mm-hmm. and then he'd lose that, and then that causes the you know the very yeah. the very yeah. spiral the that the city council yeah. said they wanted to prevent. Yes. yes, and so this guy has some track record of doing that. Mm-hmm. They fired him anyway, yeah, because he raised concerns about the validity of the request. Yeah, and the main thing and was, his concern was don't don't ask me exactly how I'm going to rule on a hypothetical PR bond case. Right. Because you're causing me to basically, you know, show my hand. And right. as a judge, I'm supposed to be impartial right. and take each of these cases and understand the merits of each argument and then make a decision. And those decisions should vary right. depending on the circumstances around right. them. Right. And um, another point to it was that he said the branches of government here are supposed to be separate. Yep. Now, the city council has some oversight over the municipal judges because they appoint them. But there's still got to be some separation. And you cannot have the legislative branch dictating what the the judicial branch does on certain cases, on cases, period. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what these ordinances ordinance and resolutions did. Hmm. Well, thank you for writing the story. Thank you for bringing it to our attention. Um, I know it's been getting talked about quite a bit. And uh, it's, you know, I think, still for people also in other urban areas around the state, the homeless situation or, or these PR 
um, you know, policies, PR bond policies might be in effect. They might not be. And so it's probably worthwhile if you're in Dallas, if you're mm. in Houston, if you're in San Antonio, if you're in Fort Worth to say, well, what are our policies here in the city? And, um, you know, Austin's kind of getting to shine a light on these issues and appreciate y'all's reporting on it so that we can figure out how to implement yeah. Um, or avoid implementing these policies in other urban areas. So thank you, Brad, and thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Luke. Thank you for listening to The Luke Messias Show. If you value this content and want our message to spread, please consider three of the following steps. One, subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you're listening to us on and leave us a review. Two, visit lukemessias.com and sign up for our email alerts. And three, follow Raz and I on Twitter, and visit my Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Luke Macias, Texas. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Luke Macias, Texas. Thank you so much and God bless.